Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Well, grab a Bible if you would. Start turning over to Genesis chapter 12. We're actually going backwards a little bit. You'll see why in just a moment. Genesis chapter 12. So if you're just joining us, we've been in this, I think, incredible series on the life of Joseph. Uh, Joseph is one of those persons I feel like in my life I can identify the most with. And so this has been such a joy for me to be able to kind of teach you this and, uh, and to share this with you about going through his life. Today's no different. And I think you're going to find that today might, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that God will speak into your life uh, in a new and fresh way. I pray that when you walk out of here, something's going to be a little bit different. You're going to look at something different. You're going to look at your life different than you've ever looked at it before. Because what we're going to see today is that, is that in there, there's a simple story of Joseph, but there's layers that are all going on at the same time. And I want you to look at your life today, and as you look at it and you're thinking, Here's this simple story of my life, but I want you to try to maybe zoom out a little bit and go, but what is God doing? Because there's a plan here, and I may or may not know what that plan is. I may or may not ever know what that plan is, but ultimately there is a plan that is part of all of our lives that I'll share with you in a few moments. Uh, So I want you to just kind of go for the journey today. And then see how God leads you in your life as to where you go from here. So let me just start out and and ask you, you probably know this. Now, how many of you know what F-O-M-O means? Like when you text, F-O-M-O. Yeah, just a couple. I didn't know what it meant. And yet, it's so significant in my life. It's called fear of missing out. Now, I want to be careful, though, what I say when it's kind of dear to my life. You know, social media sometimes can be hard to even look at. Because you see what everybody else is doing, and it's just like, well, I'm missing out. It makes you feel horrible. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's plan for your life. God has a plan. God is working in your life, through your life, and around in the circumstances of your life. God is very much at work. And you have a choice to either recognize it or ignore it. If you ignore it, you are missing out. So my greatest fear, I would tell you, my greatest fear is I don't want to miss out on what God is doing. And if God's up to something, I'm always saying, include me. I want to be part of it. If you're working there, then include me. I want to be part of that. Oh, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that. Because I don't want to miss out. And if God brings an opportunity, the last thing I want to do is miss out on an opportunity that God presents And it has happened. The Bible, we can read through the Bible. Here would be an example of what I mean. When God took the Israelites out of Egypt through the wilderness, it was only supposed to be a 40-day journey. They get right to the brink. 
of going into the land of Canaan. And God sends 12 of them. And when they come back and they've experienced this amazing land, 10 of them create fear amongst all 2 million Israelites and says, we can't do it. And two are like, but God is going to give this to us. Let's go. And 10 said, no. Two said, yes. Two didn't want to miss out on what God was doing. 10, out of fear of the unknown, said no to God. And here's what happened. Here's a direct result. Those 10 lost their lives quickly. And what did it turn out for the whole other two million Israelites? God said, none of you are going to experience this. If you're 20 years older or up, you're going to die in the wilderness. See, they missed out. They missed out on one of God's greatest miracles right in front of them. And their fear of the unknown was greater than their fear of missing out on what God was doing. So I'm going to encourage you today, when when you look at your life, here's where I'm hoping you're going to go to by the end of the message. Say yes to God. Like, God, I don't want to miss out. If you're doing something, I want to be a part of it. I'm petrified. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. That's okay. See, the fear of the unknown is okay. But don't let the fear of missing out... I I have to say it the other way. Don't let the fear of the unknown supersede the fear of missing out. And tell God you want to be part of what he's doing. Include you. Because he wants to include you. Because it's your life that he's working through. All right. So let's kind of start there. So we're going to go back to Genesis for a minute. We're going to start to pull this whole story of Joseph together in layers. Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Go. There's that which fear is going to take over. The fear of the unknown, he didn't know where he was going. He didn't know why. He didn't know what. God said he's going to make him into a great nation, but he's 90 years old. Or... Forgive me, he's less than that. He's about 75 at this point. But he goes. He decides to follow God. Now jump down to verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So now he's in the land of Israel. And God says to him, This is yours. Great. Okay, there's a simple story here, right? Go, he goes. See the land you're standing on? Yeah, it's going to be yours. Great. There's more. Now jump over to verse chapter 15. And find verse 9. Verse 8. Genesis 15, 8. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, How can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then the birds of the prey came down in the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. Here's what I want you to see. 
As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, To your descendants, I give this land. From the wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. All right, so Abram just found out you're going to get the land. When? 400 years from now. Great. But you see, he was part of the plan. Let's, let's start applying this. The way that you pour into your kids or your grandkids about Jesus goes generations. Your decisions on how you live your life and how your kids and your grandkids get to see your life will impact them for generations to come. You may think how you live your life doesn't matter, it's your life. No, others are watching. They're learning. And they're either growing closer to the Lord because you are, or they're going further away from the Lord. You want to hear an interesting thing that I read not too long ago? If you want to know whether or not your kids are going to continue to go to church later on in their life, it depends on if the dad sings in church. Correlation. Crazy. If dads don't sing, must not be meaningful. Interesting, huh? And then the kids are like, doesn't matter. So why do they go to church? They don't. Boy, that'll change how you're singing. So guys, if you're sitting here today going, I don't normally sing. Your kids are watching. It matters. It matters. Your life matters. Your choices matter. So Abraham's just told, it's not going to be for 400 years. But did you catch what God told Abram? That the nation's going to be enslaved. Okay, now, jump to Genesis 46. That's our lesson for today. How are the Israelites supposed to get down to wherever this place is? God never told them where it was. But we know it's Egypt. Are, are you starting to see God's plan here? It spans over 400 years. God calls Abram. And now he's got to get the Israelites somehow down to Egypt. All of them. How does he do that? Well, remember the story of Joseph. 
When Joseph's 17, his brothers sell him into slavery. And Joseph goes down to Egypt. Now, the simple story, I'm going to start layering this. The simple story is Joseph's 17 and just got sold as a slave. That's the simple story. But the next layer over that is God is bringing him there to be number two in command so that he could actually save the lives of the Egyptians and the surrounding nations by making sure they have food during the famine. That's layer number two. Does Joseph know that it's 17? Nope, all he knows is he's a slave. And how Joseph lived his life as a slave mattered for the next thing. You see, we can choose to grumble and complain about our simple circumstances, whatever we're facing in our life, that's what I mean by simple, what's right in front of you, and you can complain all day long, and now you're missing out because God has another layer that you don't know anything about. But you just negated it by your behaviors. But for Joseph, he was faithful to God as a slave, wrongly accused of assault and rape, gets thrown into the dungeon, his integrity is still intact, now God elevates him to number two, to save lives with hunger. Okay, that's level two. Level three. Jacob's the only one in Israel, or in, in Egypt. God said the Israelites will be there. So now God has to somehow get the Israelites down here. How does he do that? He sends the brothers from Israel down to Egypt. Simple story, they're hungry. Their families are hungry. The third level of the story is they're going to meet Joseph, and then this is what we talked about last week, now they gotta go back to their father and tell their father that Joseph is actually alive and that they lied and Joseph, we're almost to 46, in the chapter before, when, Joseph, or when Jacob hears this, Joseph, Jacob, excuse me, Jacob says, last verse, and Israel said, Jacob said, I'm convinced my son Joseph is alive. I will go and see him before I die. All right, now, simple story. Jacob goes, hmm, my son's alive. I want to go see him. Simple story. What if Jacob would have said no? He could have said, he could have come home to see me. He didn't. I'm not going to go see him. But God's story is starting to unfold. So Jacob goes. Not only does Jacob go, but more goes. So now Genesis 46. So Israel, Jacob, you can interchange those names, set out with all that was his, and when he reached Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to, to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am, he replied, I am God, the God of your father. He said, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. Simple story. For I will make you into a great nation. Next layer. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again, and Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. <clears throat> Then Jacob left Beersheba 
And Israel's sons took their father Jacob and their children and their wives and the carts that Pharaoh had sent to transport him. So Jacob and all his offspring went to Egypt, taking with them their livestock and the possessions they had acquired in Canaan. Jacob brought with him to Egypt his sons and grandsons and his daughters and granddaughters, all his offspring. Okay, now, I know you're following this. Simple story. Joseph's a slave, goes to Egypt. Next layer, Joseph becomes number two so that his brothers could come down so that level three can happen, God's plan. Level three is all the Israelites, 70 in all, plus their sons' wives, all go down to Egypt. So now you have the whole nation of Israel under Abram are now in Egypt. It's part of the plan. And they're going to be there for how long? You know. 400 years. God told us. They're going to be down there for 400 years. What I want you to start seeing in your life is what seems simple, hard, wasn't easy for for Joseph to be a slave, sometimes really hard, and you have a choice to either engage with God or quit. I'm done. I don't want this anymore. I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't want to follow you anymore. This is too hard. I'm mad because somebody died. I'm mad because something happened. I'm mad because I didn't get that job. I'm mad because my relationship went south. I'm mad. You can quit on God any day. And you will miss out. Or you can look at it and say, I think there's more. I believe God is at work in my life, even though I can't see it. They couldn't see it. Joseph couldn't see it. Jacob couldn't see it. They were living simple decision in their lives. But God was doing something greater. You see, now, here's the highest level of God's plan. Not just for Joseph, but for us. It was through what Joseph did and Abram that the coming Messiah would come. See, and this is where it starts to come all together. So you can look this up in Matthew chapter 1. It's the genealogy of Jesus. So let me just read the first verse, first two verses. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Hmm. So, you want to talk about Jesus? Well, we got to go back and talk about Abraham and David. And then it goes on. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Now, that's really fascinating. And I'm going to encourage you to do a little homework. Go back and read through the story of Joseph, like we've been studying through. And I want you to look at Judah. I want you to look. We haven't talked anything about Judah. Judah prominently is part of this story, but a quiet part of the story. Now, why would that matter? Here's why. 
I know this is historical, and I hope I'm not losing you, because it's part of this incredible plan. When Abraham had Isaac, which is what we just read here, Abraham was the father of Isaac. Remember, he offered him as a sacrifice. Remember that? But God said no. Where did he go? Do you know that he went to the land of Judah, which is Israel today, and he offered Isaac up on the same mountain where Jesus was crucified. But God didn't allow Abraham to offer up his son. God provided a lamb. Sound like the lamb of God, Jesus, in the same place? See, see, it's so easy for us to become so simple in our lives, and we don't realize God has this overarching plan from Abraham's one decision, go, now was the start of the fulfillment of the Messiah coming and how God chose to do it. It, it is truly the most remarkable story. All right, so now you're in Genesis 46. Jump down to verse 26. All those who went to Egypt with Jacob, those who were his direct descendants, not counting his son's wife, numbered 66 persons with the two sons who had been born to Joseph in Egypt. The members of Jacob's family which went to Egypt were 70 in all. So now the, God, the plan of God is being executed. Now Jacob sent Judah hmm, ahead of him to Joseph to get directions to Goshen. When they arrived in the region of Goshen, Joseph had his chariot made ready, went to Goshen to meet his father Israel. As soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw his arms around his father and he wept for a long time. He hadn't seen his dad in 22 years. His dad thought he was dead. And here's the embrace. That would have been the most amazing embrace to see, wouldn't it? Do you know what that embrace is kind of like? Someday when we die and we stand before our Father and Jesus walks up and embraces us like we've never been embraced and says, welcome home. Israel said to Joseph, now I'm ready to die since I've seen for myself that you are still alive. They really didn't know what God was up to. How could they? And they didn't have the Bible to go back and reference. They were living it. But there's a reason why God left this for us. It's to encourage you so that whatever is going on in your life, in the first stage, like simpleness of what's going on in your life, always remember the final plan of what God is doing is to save you and others through you. That's God's ultimate plan. It comes right out of 1 Timothy chapter 2 where, where Paul says, this is good and pleases God, our Savior who wants all 
people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And Jesus said this, no one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way. There's no, it's not like pick your religion because they all lead to God. No, then the Bible's not true. The Bible says no one comes to the Father except through me. That means if you take your life, what's going on right now, there's a connection and a correlation, maybe with another layer or even another layer or even another layer, that God is working together so that someone in your life can get to heaven. Sometimes parents will talk to me and grieve and say, you know, I did everything I could. My child's not following the Lord. And I don't know if they appreciate this, and I'll say that you might have to die for them to come to Christ. Hmm. Yeah, that could be part of the plan. So when you get diagnosed with cancer or something's going on in your life, you got to understand that God might be going after somebody in your life and it's going to take your death for them to come to grips and say, I believe in Jesus because of your death. And sometimes we get so caught up in what's happening in our life and pray that God heals me, pray that God heals me, and, and God may not heal you on earth, God may heal you eternally, but always keep in mind that whatever circumstance you're going through, God is at work. And my greatest encouragement to you is tell God in the simpleness of what's going on in your life, whatever it is, crisis, good times, whatever it is, that you say to God, please use me. I'm available for your use. I want to be used by you. You could say it any way you want to. God, I don't want to miss out on your plan. I don't want to miss out on what you're doing. If you're doing something, I want to be part of it. And it'll help you because when things get hard and you're like, wow, life is getting really hard. Okay, that's layer one. What do you think God's doing layer two? What is he teaching you? What is he showing you? What is he revealing to you? And if you can't figure it out, ask God. Ask God. Because ultimately what God wants is for us to be closer to him. He wants us to seek him. Jeremiah 29, which we, we've read so many times in different, different ways, you know, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future, but it's the next verse. Then you will seek me. And if you seek me, you will find me. And God says, I will be found by you. What does that mean? God, I don't understand what's going on. Seek me. Reach out to me. Ask me to reveal what I'm doing. And God may give you a glimpse to go, I had no idea. But always remember 
that God's ultimate mission, ultimate, don't ever have a question about it. God has a singular purpose to get as many people into heaven as possible. And it's only through his son. And everything going on in your life probably is leading to this. Training you, teaching you, showing you, others witnessing what you're doing, listening to what you're saying. But watch your life. Because the way that you live your life can actually negate what happens. And then I think that's when God goes, oh, they just quit. They quit. Why? Because we can't always see what God's doing. And you might be like, wow, God, it's been a long time. It's been two weeks since you answered that prayer. How about 400 years? See, God doesn't use the same time frame we do. God says a thousand years are like an evening. An evening is like a thousand years. God doesn't see time the way that we see it. Some things that happen in our life might not ever produce anything until you die or the next generation after you die. You just don't know. But know, but know that God is always at work because he wants to save us and as many as we can. And if I could just address that, if you're sitting here today and you don't know if you're saved, boy, reach out to Jesus and tell him, I am sorry for my sin. I believe in you and that you went to the cross with my sins and died and rose. And then give over that control. This is for all of us. God, I not only want you as my Savior, which he has done for us. We can't choose him. He chose us. But all of us can make a choice to follow. All of us can make a choice to say to God, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord in my life. That's my choice. I don't have the choice to believe in him. That's God's choice that God does that for me. It's by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Can't do that. God can. But now that I'm a believer in Christ, now I've got a choice. And I'm gonna wake up today and I'm gonna make a decision. Am I gonna follow Christ or not? And that's a choice that all of us have. And I hope when you leave here today, one, say, Jesus, thank you Thank you for saving me. And then when you go back to level one and you're like, I can't figure out my life, seek him. You'll find him. That might reveal level two. But even if you're like, I'm not getting it, God, I'm not getting it, that's okay. Might be a 400-year plan that you're part of. Just follow faithfully and allow God to be God because God is on mission. Don't miss out on what God's doing in your life. Let's pray, okay? God, this was so fascinating to pull all this together, to see all these different levels in Joseph's life. And here you were using this simple story to get the Israelites down to Egypt so that your greatest plan 
as we read through Exodus, the Exodus from Egypt into the land of Canaan, all happened. And Joseph, sitting in a dungeon, was part of it, who couldn't understand. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Thank you that we can read stories like this so that when something happens in our life, that we know that there's a purpose and you're going to use it for something good. Jesus, thank you that you came into this broken world to save sinners like us. We don't deserve anything from you except your punishment. But thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you gave us a will that we can choose to follow you. And thank you for everything you've done for us. We're eternally grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.